0: Good evening, LCM. Tonight is Wednesday, November 4th, 2020. We've all survived an election and we're here together. I love it. See, because more importantly than the election that we just had, I'm thinking back all the way to Sunday. Where we learned to deal with the ruse of the enemy. The ruse of sinful sympathies. The ruse of soulish senses. And the devotion. Somebody say devotion. Devotion. The devotion needed to defeat those tactics of war. Devotion to his word, devotion to his work, devotion to discipleship, to prayer, and to the brotherhood. Man, God is speaking to us in some kind of serious way. Can somebody say amen? Amen.
1: Amen. Man, Sunday was such a good word, Pastor Wade. Those five points about devotion, they've been swirling around in my head. We've been talking about them around the dinner table with our families together. We've been meditating on them as we wake up in the morning. If you have not meditated on that word, it, it deserves a kind of meditation and devotion to that word to get those things deep down inside of you. And Monday night, it, it just built upon those concepts even more. An encouragement for us, Monday Night Foundations, to be wheat. That that wheat, it's, it's something that needs to be strengthened in us. There was a warning on Monday night about chaff and and the necessity of having a radical transformation in your life to take you from chaff to wheat, to take you from something that is going to be thrown into the fire to something that is useful and that has some sort of fruit that is useful to the master. It's time to crucify. Somebody say crucify. Crucify. Leave your own counter missions behind you that your own desires will pass away. And that God's mission and the mission of this body is all that you will choose to stand for. Hey, tonight, tonight we also want to come out of the gate. This is kind of a theme. You know, Sunday morning, our pastors, they came out of the gate. And then Monday night for foundations, those two men of God, they came right out of the gate. Well, tonight, Pastor Wade and I want to come right out of the gate. Are you guys ready? Are you prepared to come out of the gate with us with Nehemiah chapter 4? Come on, turn in your Bibles. Nehemiah 4. Nehemiah chapter 4, and we're going to start off in verse 10.
0: Somebody say, the mission, when you get there. The Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 10. Somebody else say, the mission. The mission. The mission. I'm letting you get there. Because you've got to stay with us tonight. Verse 10 says, meanwhile, meanwhile, back at the ranch, meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. This is God's people and it's coming out of their mouth and this is what's coming out. Yeah, the strength of the laborers, which is us, is starting to give out. The the strength that we had, I mean, I know we're trying to build something here. I know we got a big work that's in front of us. I know that it's an important work that hasn't been done for a long time. I know we've started it. But the strength that I have, the strength that we have, is starting to give out. Let me encourage you tonight. And let you look at this, and we're going to clinch with a few things right here at the beginning to make sure that every man and every woman in this room is with us. Are you with us tonight? Because we have got a mission that we're about to go on. We've got a mission and a purpose that God is trying to send to us tonight and make sure that we all go on, that none of the labor's strength starts to fail. But these labors here are saying, they're saying, look, my strength's starting to fail. You know what it made me think about? It made me think about those failed attempts of the past. Wow. Those things that you've tried to do before. You really, really tried. There was a genuine effort. You could actually be called a laborer because you were actually laboring for the Lord. But those failed attempts at what you tried in His mission. Those times that you didn't persevere. Oh, man. Those times that you didn't succeed. Are you anybody like me and got those, those times that start rolling through your mind? The strength of the laborers is given out. See, there's a problem when you start to have the strength of the laborers getting out and there is so much rubble that we can't rebuild. The rubble of those past failed attempts. Those rubbles of the times that you've really, really genuinely tried and it just has, man, that's just rubble. I mean, I can't even get to the work that I'm supposed to get to because I'm tripping over all the failed attempts of the past.
1: Does that relate to anybody in the room? What other kind of things do we have here? Wow. You know, this is really interesting. As, as we're gearing up for verse 11 here, uh, I want you to focus in on this rubber real quick. That we have a really big picture of, of past events, but think about just Sunday to today. Just Sunday to Wednesday. The incredible word we got? On Sunday, the thematic, amazing word from the pastors. And then Wednesday, we have encouragement. We're not going to have sympathies. This this is the word that came forth on Sunday. And then by Wednesday, by the time that this rolls around, we're already sympathetic again. We're already trapped again in our discouragement on Wednesday. Man, I just can't do this. Hey, that's the kind of rubble that we're talking about. That's what we want to be dealing with tonight. This is what we're trying to clench with right now. We're not only dealing with the
0: rubble of past failures, we're dealing with the rubble of disappointing fruit. Things that you've actually... Anybody like me and you uh, you you heard the word on Sunday and you had struggles even by today? That disappointing fruit, it should be better than this. But here we are. We're going to deal with this rubble tonight. We're going to get the rubble out of the way so that we can accomplish what God has for us tonight. Let's take a look at verse 11 together. It says this. Also, somebody say also. Also, as if that wasn't enough. (laughs) Also, our enemy said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them. And first, first we will kill them. And then we will put an end to the work. See, in verse 10, what you have are the internal heart issues, the words that are coming from the heart that come out of the mouth. Here in verse 11, you have the enemy, the external forces that are saying, we're going to sneak up on you. You're not even going to know I'm there. Bam. We're going to get a hold of you. We're going to cause some pain to come to you. We're actually going to kill you. Our enemies are trying to sneak up on us. It's almost like they desire to have a ruse so that they can sneak up on us to kill us, to destroy what we are working for. Why is the enemy trying to stop you though? Just to kill you? Don't you think that this verse could have just ended? They're there to kill us? The people of God are always supposed to be aware of the work that is before them. The enemies are going to sneak up on us. This is what they're saying. They're going to come and get us, but they're going to kill us. And the whole point of even killing us is to put an end to the work. Church, the enemy wants to stop the work. He wants to stop the mission that we are on together on as a body. The reason that the enemy wants to come in and steal and kill and destroy you is because there is a work that you are supposed to do. The work that you are supposed to do is what makes you dangerous to the enemy. It's not just your stunning good looks, Rick. Susan may disagree, but it is not only that. It's the fact that there is a work for us to do, and the enemy cares to destroy the work of the Lord, and that's what's going on here in verse 11.
1: Wow, that's a really good point, Pastor Wade. We had an internal struggle in verse 10. We had struggles from external sources in verse 11 verse 12 takes us even further then the jews who lived near them came and told us 10 times over wherever you turn they will attack us what the jews are the ones that are saying hey hey guys where hey you you over there wherever you turn you're gonna get attacked how discouraging is that people that are supposed to be on your side people that you thought man this guy's going to be with me forever. We'll stand together forever. And they're the ones that are invoking this kind of doubt. Look, it doesn't matter if this is the actual reality, what is actually happening in your life, or it's something that you just feel emotionally like, man, it just, I, I feel alone. I feel like there, there are enemies that should be my friends that are against me. The, the family that is supposed to be safe and encouraging to you. Look, sometimes even they are pronouncing your doom ten times over. Can anybody relate to this? It feels like, man, the people that should be drawing the good things out of me, even them, they're pronouncing this doom over me. Hey, we got to clench with these things today. Even if it's the actual reality or just what we're feeling in the moment, clench with it with us so that we can deal with it together as a family. Look at verse 13. Therefore, all right?
0: Therefore, you heard the internal attacks, you heard the external attacks, you heard the attacks from friends and family members. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. Therefore, (laughs) therefore, when you get under attack, therefore, when you have opposition against you, Therefore, when things are difficult, what is the first thing that you should do? You should take your station. You should take your position. Before you try to evaluate what's going on. Before you try to figure out what's happening. Before you do anything else. Therefore, you should respond like these people of God here. You should respond by getting to your station and standing at your post. Get back to what you were called to originally. Man, I'm feeling a lot of opposition. This is not the time for you to move away from that and try to go off on your own and decide what it might be. You know what I really mean? I mean, I really could just use a couple of days by myself. I, I really could use just a little me time right now. I could use a little isolation so that I can figure out all the craziness that's going on. That's not how men and women of God are supposed to do it. You're supposed to stand up and take your station. I know where I'm supposed to be posted. Therefore, I'm standing right here. Before I figure it out, before I go anywhere else, even before anything becomes clear to me, I'm going to stand. You know why? Because we have one wall. Somebody say one wall. wall. Man, didn't we cover this just the other day? If you have a segment that's not connected to your brother, you no longer have a wall going to walk right on around that. That's not even going to slow me down. You have one wall. There is one work. Somebody say one work. One work. And there is one mission. Somebody say one mission. one mission. If God put you here, you know why? Therefore, you're supposed to take your stand. Therefore, because there is one wall that we're working on. There is one, there is one work that we're accomplishing. There is one mission for this house. There are not 60 or 65 different missions for this house in LCM. There is one mission. There is one wall. There is one work that we are going to achieve and be successful at. But you got to, first of all, take up and
1: station yourself where you've been placed, which is here in this house. Yeah, what we're trying to do right here as we clench with with some of these components from Nehemiah chapter 4 at the beginning of this word, we're trying to to clench with these so that we can move on to bigger and better things. We can move on to the actual vision of this place. We can move on to the mission, the one mission, the one wall, the one work that is destined for us as a body to do. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 is going to be a tremendous help. us tonight. After I looked things over, man, what an amazing revelation that you get yourself stationed in where you need to be first and foremost, and then maybe you can evaluate what exactly is going on after you've put your feet on the ground and said, yeah, this is where I belong. Then maybe I'll look around, but I'm going to make sure that my responsibility is taken care of very first. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Let's look at this just for a moment. The first one, don't be afraid. Man, that sounds like we're taking care of verse 10 in our internal issues. Don't be afraid. The internal issues that you're dealing with, the command from God, the command from your leaders are, do not be afraid. Number two, remember the Lord. Hey, we're, we're going to remember the Lord because when we remember the Lord, we remember that the Lord doesn't just have the ability, but he will defeat our external enemies. Amen. We remember the Lord, we remember His character, we remember His goodness, we enter through those gates of praise remembering who the Lord is, and it automatically elevates us above those external circumstances. Number three, fight for your brothers, even if they're wearing you out, even if you think that maybe they're standing against you for a moment or for a time, the command is to fight for your brothers because when you begin to fight for them, then shalom begins to be made with the actions that you say, I am going to fight for my brothers. It doesn't matter if we fought with each other yesterday. It doesn't matter if we don't feel like we're in shalom now. Come on, guys, house. You make the decision right now, right here. I am going to fight for my brothers and I am going to trust that Shalom will come forth because of my efforts. Hey, this isn't
0: just a single guy's house issue, though, is it? Hey, listen to us right now. We're going to go ahead and I'm, I'm, I'm going to spoil it. I'm, I'm going to do it because I just can't wait. If you want clarity in what your mezuzah is, if you want clarity in what your family banner is, what you need to do is start fighting for the one mission and the one vision that God has put here in this house. If you understand better, the one mission that has been given to LCM, you know what's going to happen? You're going to start being able to see where you fit into that. Well, no, I I thought it was the opposite way, pastor. I got to figure out my mezuzah, and then I am going to work on my family banner, and then, then I can contribute to the mission of the church. Nope. (laughs) Nope. That's not how this works. That's like your youngest child deciding what they want to do and then seeing how they fit into your family structure. That don't make no sense. (laughs) But that's what we try to do, isn't it? See, what the Lord is going to help you with tonight, He is going to put us on mission. He is going to let you understand a much more clear perspective on this. But but doesn't that beg the question, what is the mission? What is the mission? I mean... We've got banners all up over. We've got placards all over the place. What is the mission? Everybody in the whole house, turn with me to Exodus chapter 15. Yeah. <laughs> Exodus chapter 15 and verse 27. If you don't already know what this verse is, you better get on to your job and learn what the mission of this house is. So we're going to help you. You're welcome. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 27. Get in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> Exodus fifteen twenty seven says this. Then they came to Eliam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. And they camped there near the water. This passage is a special passage to, the LC, to LCM. It's a special passage to the one association of churches. This should become a special passage of scripture for you. For every man, for every woman, for every single person, for every family in this church, it should be special to you. Do you know why? Because it helps you to understand the mission, the one wall, the one work, the one mission that God has attached your life to. Yeah, you're welcome. Twelve springs that are going to feed 70 nations. See, we are called at LCM, we. We are all called to develop these springs that are going to feed the nations with the very gospel of Christ. This means that we need to have domestic and international churches and ministries are ahead of us with the ultimate goal of bringing salvation to Israel. You are here to be a part of that. Those who will be a part of that, you're going to find that your mission is something that is incredibly sweet to you. You're going to go, wait, I get to be a part of that? I get to be a part of something that was given to this church? I get to be a part of something that is reaching the nations? Yes. Yes, you do. Because this is the one mission that this house has. This is the one place. Why are we going to fight so hard for your marriages? Why are we fighting for your marriage? Why are we fighting for you, parents, to do an even better job with your kids? Why are we fighting so hard to get you into the right kind of discipleship? Why are we trying to get you holy? Why are we walking the way that we do? Because we're on a mission. And if you're here, you're supposed to be part of this mission. It's not a mission that any of us can achieve by ourselves. We have the wall, but we know where our place is in the wall. Come on now. God is trying to dial us in as a church. Have you heard me say that a few times yet? Have you heard me say that over the past few sermons? How are you going to get dialed in? It's for you to understand why we're doing what we're doing. We are on the mission that God has given us. We are working towards the mission. And everything that he does, everything that the Lord does, everything that we're trying to do for you is to help you to be a part of the mission that God has given us. My goodness. You want to talk about getting dialed in? You want to talk about finding whether you're a young married couple or you're a single lady or you're a child or you're an adult or you're You want to talk about getting plugged in? This is why you're here. Clear out the rubble and get on the mission that God has for you. We have a huge part to play. We have a part in raising up 12 springs. We have a part in raising up 12 domestic churches that are going to feed and supply the entire nations of the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, bringing it back around to Israel. This is what you're a part of. LCM has a part of this mission. LCM has a part in the mission. The mission is much bigger than LCM. He he might even take a whole, you know, association. One particular association. It's going to take us staying on mission to accomplish what God has for you. Church, part of our mission is to plan 100 families in the Middle East. A hundred families. Middle East, you know, say the Aswan region perhaps. Church, do you realize that you being a part of this mission, we haven't yet located anyone there. We got work to do. We don't have time to be distracted by the rubble of your past failures. We ain't got time to be dis- distracted and disappointed because of your fruit that you have or have not produced. It's time for you to get on mission because we got work to do. Your work in your life is based on that this house that God has put you in. This wall. You are not a different thing, a different part. You get to work with us and assign to this wall. Come on, be a spring with me. Be here in the United States. Be here planting churches. Be be one of the 70 palms. Go feed the nations. But either way, what we're gonna do is we're gonna build this together. And you don't have another choice. Come on. The clarity of your life, things are gonna get more and more clear as you understand this. God puts you in this field. Look at how pretty my apple tree is. No, you're in a cornfield. That ain't what happens.
1: Oh, man.
0: Because all of me and Pastor Matt's corny jokes. (laughs) You're here to produce what we produce. You're here to be what we are. We have a purpose. We know exactly where God is sending this church. We know exactly what we're supposed to be doing. I know that everybody in the world is always trying to guess where they're going to go. We know where we're going. We know what we're supposed to be doing. It is clear to us, and we're trying to make it clear to you tonight. As the Lord is dialing it in, I promise, my friends, your awareness of God dialing you in is going to be based on how much you understand the mission of the house that God puts you in. Come on now. Are you guys ready to carry out this mission? This is our one wall. This is our one work. This is our one mission. If you're ready to do this, more than just hearing about it, more than, we are ready to go and get it together. Turn with us to Acts
1: chapter 20, so we figure out how to walk in this mission. Come on, say there when you're there, and then look right up at me. Everybody there? I want to tell you, I, want, I have a memory. The first time that I sat down in, in an actual discipleship meeting setting in this church, it was back in 2013, the very first time. Sat down, we opened up our Bibles, and we went to the passage that we just came from in Exodus 15. And we read through that passage and Eric pointed and said this is why we exist this is the reason back then it was lcmf this is the reason why lcmf is here is because we are going to raise up 12 springs 12 domestic churches that feed the nations of the world that's the reason why the lord established this work hey i love what pastor wade just said why why do we work toward holiness why do we work toward the discipline of our children? Why are we laboring at shalom in our homes and in our marriages? Why are we doing these things? Why are we doing anything that we do? Guys, it's because of this foundational mission that this church has and that this association has. This is the whole reason why we are straining with every effort. Is because this is the mission that God has put us on. No man has put us on this mission You go back to to 2002 and things that we wrote on our website when this church was first established. The same things that were written on that website are the same things that we're doing now. We just have more clarity on the mission. We just have a greater clarity on where we're going. What parts of the world the Lord's honing us in on. That clarity is here. But we've been doing the same thing since the beginning. It's no secret. It's no lie. The same thing that founded... What we're doing right now is what we're doing. And to a greater measure, hey, I think it's time for you to grab a hold of the mission too. Acts 20, verse 18. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility. And with tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews, whoa, from the first day, it's almost like the thing that the Holy Ghost planted in Paul from that first day, the thing that was his mission. He kept that as his mission from the first day. The Lord gave him clarity on it as he walked. But it was him grabbing a hold of that mission, not letting it go, that enabled him to walk in the power of the Spirit every day after that. You want to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost? You want to make a difference on this planet, this created work of God? You want to do something with the family he's given you? You grab a hold of the mission of this place. That is how we move forward together. Why do we fight so hard? Pastor Wade's talking about it. We fight so hard with each other, for each other, next to each other. For the character of God to be birthed in you. We fight so hard because we know the depth and the breadth of the mission. And it is huge, guys. It is so big. It is so daunting. But we fight for these things now, because this is the foundation of how we're going to get there together. As we get ready for verse 20,
0: I want you to see that it's on the screen. I love the fact that Paul says, from the first day that I arrived. That's one of my favorite features about LCM. From the first day that it was founded... Go back and listen to a 2003 message entitled The Dreamer. I think it was December of 2003, and there was less than 10 people sitting in the room. And what you hear is what you just saw at the One Association Conference. What you heard from from a little small ragtag group sitting in a living room, from a ragtag group sitting in a garage, what you heard there is exactly from day one that God called it right out of the chute, right from the beginning, built it on the foundation. Look at what it says in verse 20. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. Wait, are we talking Paul or are we talking LCM? Yes. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. See, what Paul is saying here is, you know I have not hesitated. Yes, that's one way to put that. But the words there indicate that he's not shrunken back. He's not avoided. He's not drawn back. Not one moment from what God has said to him. See, you've got to understand your one work, your one wall, your one mission that God has for you. You've got to be stirred by this so that you never hesitate. I don't mean you just take a beat and wait. I mean that you never actually shrink back, step back. You never let up. You never shut up because you've got something from the heavens. Now, y'all, y'all looking at me and you agree with me, I know, because you're a godly group of people. It's different to say, I have not hesitated. I have not taken a step back, not one time that I wasn't supposed to. I haven't let discouragement of how my day went back me off of what the standard is. I haven't let the difficulties in my life, my finances, my work, my marriage, my job. I have never taken a step back. See what we're producing here are people who can say, yep. I've learned how to step forward and I will never step back. This is what is being built here. This is what he's saying. you got to be stirred in a way where you will not ever, you cannot ever, you won't, you would rather die than to hesitate, than to step back, than to shrink back from what God has. As a matter of fact, You're going to keep stepping forward. You're going to boldly advocate for everything that God has. You're not going to let intimidation or bribe or temptation pull you away from your mission and its daily implementation. You're going to do it publicly and you're going to do it privately from house to house. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're talking to Jews. It doesn't matter if you're talking to the Greeks. It doesn't matter if you're talking to Christians. It doesn't matter if you're talking to Muslims because you never back down. The only way that we can do that and not just make that a stirring movement from, the, from a stage, but the actual effect of your life is to stay on the mission that God has given to this church. Wow. You can do it. You must do it. There is no other, no other way for you to accomplish the mission than to step forward and boldly. Somebody say boldly. boldly. It's not just for a few of us to be bold in this house. It's for every man and every woman to have a boldness as you step forward because you will not hesitate. You will not, you will not shrink back. That's what we're building.
1: That's the mission of this house. Let's look wow. at verse 22. Wow, publicly or from house to house. Did you hear that? Paul did not shrink back from the mission. He didn't take a step back. Whether he was in public or whether he was house to house, traveling from house to house. This is amazing. No shrinking back, no matter where you are. Verse 22 is the product of not shrinking back. And now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me ma- happen to me there. Hey, not shrinking back, not taking a step back, not backing up from the mission, whether you are in public or whether you are in a house, traveling from house to house, This no compromise, it causes you to know what the compulsion of the Holy Ghost feels like in your own life. No compromising you produces a knowledge of the Holy Ghost compulsion that you need. Hey, you want to step into the mission? You want to step forward? Then refuse to step backward and watch the Holy Ghost empower you to
0: take a step forward. Come on, verse 23 says this, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Verse 22, he says, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know I'm going towards Jerusalem. And then in the next verse, he goes, okay, well, I know a little bit of what's going to happen. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I know it's going to be difficult. I know everywhere I go, there are going to be prison and hardships. It's going to be waiting on me. Come on now. That should make you smile just a little bit. That should put the right kind of attitude in this house, in this mission, at this wall, and this work that God has for us going, <laughs> Yeah, I may not know exactly what's going to happen, but I kind of know what's going to happen. It's going to be difficult. See, talk about being compelled by the Spirit. That idea that says it doesn't matter how difficult it gets because it's so worth it. I'm actually expecting it. I'm not going to be caught off guard like, huh? A difficulty in my life? Yes. Yes, you're part of LCM. If you're going to make 12 springs that help reach 70 palms, you're going to have to have some really difficult things go on in your life. That's right. And we love it. Yes. Are you kidding me? I get to show God that this matters? You mean I don't have to have a perfect rainbow, a perfect, a perfect uh, sunny day before I go forward and do the work. It doesn't matter if I break an eyelash. No, it doesn't matter if you break every bone in your body. Your body will still go ahead and stand up and say, no, uh-uh, I'm not going to back down, not even now. This is what Paul is showing. Wow. This is the heart of LCM's singular mission. Wow. Church, it hurts when you lose family members. It hurts when you lose them to death. It hurts when you lose people to defection. It hurts when you lose members of this church to spiritual disease. But the one wall, the one work, the one mission that we have is worth it. I would rather give my life working and even dying for the very privilege of working on this one mission than be anywhere else. What does Pastor Eric say so many times? You can't, may not have an opportunity every day to be a hero, but you have an opportunity every day not to be a coward. Come on now. What we're reminding you of is what you are and what you have been called to be. This is the mission. It's not a different mission for Nick as it is for me. It's one wall that we're working on. It's one work. It's one mission. And I'm happy to stand side by side with him. I'm happy to stand side by side with you, but we're going to stand. Right. We're going to get this work done. Take a look at verse 24. Come on.
1: However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Hey, you know what Paul's saying here? My individual life is worth nothing to me. Did you hear? My, my individual life. Yeah, that's what's worth nothing. If only I can complete my task. If only I can go after the one wall. Finish my part in the one work. Fulfill my call to the one mission. That's what I'm focused on. My individuality means absolutely nothing. Church, this word for testifying that we see here in verse 24. It's more than just able to say something. It's diamartis. It is to become a martyr for it. To give your individualistic life up for the sake of the mission. Look, whether it's your physical life actually ending, or if we continue every day to die with the hope of giving our physical life for the mission, or both, it doesn't matter. Living a martyred life For the mission that God has put on your life. This is everything and this is what we are going after tonight. So many other missions that churches have. So so many examples. I mean, goodness gracious. we, We could have a mission from the Lord to have the most amazing boys choir in the entire Harris County. Would that be a mission that would be willing to give your life for? Look, while the rest of the world is crying out peace and safety, we are crying out, Lord, do not leave us out. Lord, we've read the testimonies. We've read about your witnesses throughout the centuries. We have read about what your true church looks like. Father, don't leave us out from that experience, Lord. Turn just a couple chapters with us to chapter 23 of the book of Acts.
0: Church, you want to know what made this church
1: what it is? It's men
0: and women who are actually taking this to heart, saying, Lord, Lord, I, I want to be able to give my life for you. And until then, I'm going to live like I'm giving my life for you every day. But Lord, don't let, leave me out. I know you got people you're going to send to the Aswan region, Lord, but don't leave me out. I want a I part of that. I want to have something. I want to have blood in this sacrifice. And if it takes all of my blood to accomplish it, you are worth it. Your mission is worth it, and I will not back down from it. We've got to have every one of us, church. It's not just for the men who stand on a stage. This is the true heart of what every believer must be. Lord, I count my individual life worth nothing compared to achieving what you have. What you've called me to. You're not going to lose your individuality. Actually, it's probably the best part about it. You're afraid you're going to lose who you are. Yeah, why don't you lose that part and become everything that God has called us to be? Actually making a difference across the world. Not just talking about it, not hoping for it, but being part of springs and palms that are going in around the world and accomplishing His will. Look at Acts 23 and verse 9. There was a great uproar and some of the teachers of the law who were Pharisees stood up and argued vigorously. (laughs) We find nothing wrong with this man, they said. What if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him? The dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces. Paul wasn't afraid. The commander of the military that was there was afraid that Paul was going to get torn to pieces. That's a... That's a vigorous fight right there. He ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them by force and bring him into the barracks. This man, who is exactly who he was from the very first day that he arrived, who did not shrink back and was not intimidated about the mission that God gave him. This man, compelled by the Spirit, once in Jerusalem as in our first passage that he read, He counted his personal life worth nothing to completing the mission that God had given. This man is here causing a great uproar. Uh Uh-huh. You know why it causes a great uproar? Because when you've been stirred by a mission from the heavens, it will create a stir wherever you go. It will create problems with other people. Paul was stirred by the mission in a way where he could not, he would not hesitate to boldly advocate for it. He was so stirred that he stirred everyone around him for the good or for the bad. Those who are truly stirred by the mission create a stirring anywhere and everywhere that you go. And yet he would need the spirit to rouse him in a specific way, in a greater way for the next steps that were ahead and for him to go deeper into accomplishing the mission that he had. Y'all want to see what that looks like? Take a look at verse 11.
1: The following night, the Lord stood near Paul. The Lord stood near Paul. What in the world? And said, take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Hey, Paul had been faithful to the mission. He was functioning as a spring. He was feeding the nation that he was in. Now it was time to transition into a spring that would feed many nations. He was going on to a greater degree of the mission that the Lord had put him on. He would not be stopped from his mission to make sure that every tribe, every tongue, every language, every nation was represented around the throne of God. These should be triggering memories for you about what we are called to do. The mission that you learn to perfect here will also be the mission that you are stirring others to achieve there, wherever there turns out to be. What? One more time, Pastor Wade. The mission that you learn to perfect here will also be the mission that you are stirring others to achieve there, wherever there turns out to be. Yeah, the reason why we are hammering these core foundational elements in your lives as well as our lives, the reason why we're repping them time and time again, the reason why we're in discipleship and encouraging it the way that we are is because whatever you learn to do here, whatever attachment you have to that mission that the Lord has placed on you, that is the same kind of action and attachment and dedication to the mission wherever there is for you. Whatever your call is, that's what's going to happen over there. Am I, am I speaking the truth, buddy? Am I speaking the truth, Kim? That's exactly what happens when when wherever there is for you, whatever your dedication to the mission was here, that is what the Lord will use there.
0: Before we move on, let me say this in a different way to
1: make sure that you got what Nick just said. That was
0: solid gold you see it in Paul's life. You saw that what he did in Jerusalem, that exact type of testifying and the martyr kind of life is what he now had to go to Rome to do. Let me say it a different way. He said it in the very positive way because Nick is a positive guy that what you're doing here, what you're perfecting here is what is going to get taken there. Let me say it in just the opposite way to make sure we're getting it. What you don't fix here is exponentially a problem when you go wherever you think you're supposed to go. What you don't fix now, don't get better when you go away. But pastor, I'm called, I'm called to go preach. Hey man, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm going to wait till I get there and then I'll start. No, that's only going to be a multiplication of the problems that you're not fixing now. The lack of clarity that you have now is going to be multiplied then. It won't be eliminated what you've got to understand is the mission that you are learning to perfect here. Come on, Pastor. Nick is learning to a perfect a mission here. Do you know why? Because he and his, and his ministry partners are going to go replicate it everywhere that they go. Yeah. Yeah. You know why we started stopped calling it Turkey? Because we expect them to do more than just one nation. They're going to they're replicate it. They're going to replicate it. They're going to replicate it. When Justin Trister goes to Israel, you know what he's going to do? He's going to replicate it. That's why he's learning it now. That's why he's learning to perfect it now. What about you? Just going to magically wake up and, and Holy Ghost anointing is going to fall on you and it's going to fix all your problems. He will move you and help you to fix them. But that's why you're here now. That's why he's dialing in our mission now. This is incredible. As we preach about our mission tonight. The Spirit of God is calling out to you. Take courage. Take courage. You can do this. you got to take courage. This is the mission of the house that God put you in. Did God bring you here or not? Yes or no? Yes. Then He understands who you are and what you need, and He put you here, Steve Thomas. He put you here, Ray and Lindsay he put you here Miranda and he's got something for you and it's going to take the power of the holy spirit to perfect this mission and it's going to take some understanding that you got to take courage you can't be distracted by every difficulty that comes into your mind you got to take courage you got to rise up and go this is worth it the difficulty is worth it i just got to take courage and
1: rise up in this you know Some of those internal things that you're dealing with. Some of those internal doubts that you have. Will the Lord really speak to me? Do I really have a call? You know, we talked about that that situation, that experience in 2013 for a specific purpose. It's because when the mission of this house was laid out, the expectation was, hey, you're going to grab a hold of it and you are going to absolutely run and die for the mission of this house to martyr yourself every day for the mission of this house. Well, guess what happened along the way? It was years later. But in the process of dying for this house's mission, the Holy Spirit said, hey, by the way, this is your specific call within that mission. Hey, as you die for the mission of this house, I'm going to show you, hey, years later, this is specifically what you're called to do within this mission. Hey, somebody have have doubts here? Man, would the Lord actually speak to me about my specific call? Will he give it to me? Do I even have one? Of course you do. Of course you have one. It's time to grab a hold of this greater mission of this house. It's time to sacrifice for it. It's time to martyr yourself for it. It's time to die to your individuality for it. And maybe, just maybe, the Holy Ghost will show you what your greater, what your portion of it is.
0: Come on, somebody say, take courage. Take, courage. take a look at this slide. You'll see here from this phrase that's take courage. You see the Greek word that's there in the middle. It's translated a few different ways. Take courage, courage, take heart, heart, cheer up. This is the way that it looks in the NIV. That this word is translated into these different words. But I got to tell you a little secret. I gotta tell you a little secret. I, I'm learning my my Greek is improving. I, I'm learning some of the ways that they translate things. I'm learning that there's something called a sense. It may be translated into these different words, but there's a common way that this is the sense that we mean to use this word. For those of you who have to translate, just ask, ask the brassos what it's like that you can use different words, but here's the the sense of what we're trying to communicate. You ready for the sense of what take courage means here in the word? Take a look. That's it. You got to be confident. You got to take courage. You got to take heart. No matter how we say it, it's something that causes you to go, wait, I know what God has called this house to. I can see it. So I know, I know the big picture of what he's called me to praise God. And he will dial me in to know my part in this. Come on, let's, let's talk about this. This idea of taking
1: courage, of taking heart. Come on. Let's turn to John sixteen thirty three. Is it okay if I share a short testimony with you? It's a couple years ago. Sam and I are, are sitting on our bed. Our internal as well as external... Opposition is overwhelming and overcoming us. And we're sitting on top of the bed. Just had a miscarriage. One of the several. And we're praying to the Lord, asking the Holy Spirit, please, would you please speak to us again? We need a fresh word from you. We're we're being overcome by our internal and external circumstances. And we need a refreshing of one of the portions of this mission it takes us to John sixteen thirty three. I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Let me tell you that the trouble is guaranteed us. The difficulties are absolutely guaranteed us. But there's one other thing in this verse that we find out that is also guaranteed. And we have confidence in this guarantee because he's already overcome the world. Past tense. I have already overcome everything that you see. You're going to have trouble, but in the end you will overcome as I have. So take courage. You want to see the first Cognate in the older testament for this greek word it's genesis thirty five seventeen. it was the next passage that we went to and as she was having great difficulty in childbirth the midwife said to her don't be afraid for you have another son hey just like jesus already overcame the world in that moment the holy spirit said hey great difficulty yes Trouble, yes, it's guaranteed. But let me tell you something. You already have what you're going after. You already have what I've promised you. I've already given it to you. So take courage. Look, the Spirit of God. He's speaking this concept about the mission that we have. You can see the growth that this body is going through. Leaps and bounds over the last months. Leaps and bounds over the last years. The encouragement from these two verses and take courage is, hey, what the Lord said that our mission is, it is going to happen. We are going to have 12 springs. We are going to reach the nations. We are going to have generations after us ministering in the nation of Israel with Trestha's descendants, and we're going to be there together, and we're going to see salvation break out for God's nation. These things are going to happen. What the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now is, hey, take courage. Hey, be confident. Kill your individuality and be confident in the mission that God has put on this church. If you do, the Lord promises, hey, you'll overcome just like I am. Hey, you'll you will be victorious just like I have been victorious. And this mission that I'm putting you on, it will be victorious. Come on, somebody say take courage. God is trying to build our courage tonight because you
0: can see that the work around you is getting done. That should give you great courage. That should give you great confidence that you too can be a part of what this victory feels like, this work, this mission that God has for us. Haggai chapter 2 and verse 1.
1: By the way, we're, we're holding Ezra today. <laughs> Just to let you guys know, we're, we're holding that son after the Lord encouraged us to take courage. We're holding him today
0: takes all the muscles that Nick has to hold that baby up. It's Not just a baby.
1: He got himself a man.
0: That's what he got. Haggai chapter 2 and verse 1 says this. On the 21st day of the seventh month. Man, we're, we're going to quickly come to an end here. And I don't have time to talk to you about the last and greatest day of the Feast of Sukkot. On the 21st day of the seventh month. But this is what's happening right here. The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. You got who we're talking to? Zerubbabel, Joshua, the high priest, and the remnant of the people. Ask them. You ready for this question? This This is a series of blistering questions that the Lord is asking. Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? Anybody ever had some questions from the Lord that you really just had to wrestle with? Yes. Anybody ever felt like your part of the calling amounted to just about nothing? Anybody see the glory of the house around you? Yeah, yeah what do you think it looks like? Doesn't, it seem like no- doesn't your part of that seem like nothing? God is about to do something and bring some courage into some people here in this room. You got to get rid of those kind of thoughts, and as a matter of fact, the Lord is bringing up the question so that you can rightly crush it. Here it is. You ready for this? But now, be strong, O Zerubbabel! declares the long declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all the people of the land! declares the Lord. And work. You got a mission. You can't worry about the fact that you feel like your calling, your mezuzah, your family banner is nothing compared to everyone else's. you got to be strong and get to work. How you're going to get clarity in your vision is that you take the strength of the Lord and you work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. And my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. The Septuagint says, take great courage. See, it's no time for fear. It's time for us to take courage so that we can get on mission and we can stay on mission. You don't worry about whether your part, whether your view of your part of this mission, stop worrying about you looking at it and thinking that it's nothing. You stop it. That's keeping you from being strong. That's keeping you from getting to work. That's keeping you from taking courage. You gotta stop those things. You don't see yourself rightly. You don't see what's going on rightly. You're part of a mission that's important. You quit thinking that way because you've got an assignment. You've got a place in this mission and God is going to clarify it for you, but you gotta get to work first. Isn't that crazy? from Nehemiah to Haggai you go you got to get to your station first and then you can survey you got to get to work first and then you learn what what your specific part of this is it seems backwards it's just the kingdom you got to show some trust you got to show some faith and you got to get to work and be strong turn with us to Ezra chapter 7
1: Ezra 7:27 the mission when you get there Come on, praise be to the Lord, the God of our fathers, who has put it into the king's heart to bring honor to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem in this way. And who was extended his good favor to me before the king and his advisors and all the king's powerful officials. Because the hand of the Lord my God was on me, I took courage and gathered leading men from Israel to go up with me, Hey, do you see a theme beginning to form here? Zerubbabel, the family called with him. They had a mission. They went after it and the Lord met them in that. Ezra, same deal. He's going after it and the Lord's hand comes upon him in power and helps him to build the house of God and the mission that is in that house. Just like these men and the families that surrounded them, we, here tonight, with our families, we have a mission to build the house of God. Who will take courage tonight and go up with us? Who? Come on, who will take courage tonight and go up with us? Where is Paul McElwick? Paul McElwick, will you and your family take courage tonight and go up with us? You play a pivotal part in this mission, sir. Leslie Spites, will you and your family take courage and go up with us tonight? Come on, say it louder, Leslie Spites. Amen. Rick Lahan, will you and your family go with us tonight, take courage and come up and build this mission together? You're a pivotal part of this, my
0: brother. Ibrahim Zakari, tonight. Will you and your family take
1: courage and go up with us? Because you're pivotal to this. Yeah, yeah. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Let's go to Revelation chapter one. We are nearing a close here. Revelation one
0: one. Take courage. Take courage. Take courage. Take courage. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Somebody say the revelation. the revelation. I'll go ahead and help you out now. It is not the book of Revelations. It's not book of revelations. No, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wait, are you telling me there's only one wall? There's one work? There's one mission? There's one revelation? Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. Oh, amen. That's exciting. Blessed are those who hear it. And blessed are those who take it to heart. Who take courage in what is written in it because the time is near. Church, you're going to be blessed if you read it. You're going to be blessed if you listen to it, but you're abundantly blessed if you take it to heart and take courage this evening and join with us. The time is near. That was what the apostle John said in, in the first century AD. If for him, the time is near, then that means for us, the time is now. The time is now to engage in this mission in a refreshed sense that the revelation of Jesus Christ might be upon you, that the blessing of God as you take it to heart might be upon you because the time is now. Somebody say, take
1: courage. courage. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse six will be our last passage tonight. Therefore, we are always confident. You know, you can be always confident. We are always confident. It's because we know where we're headed. We know how we're going to get there. We know what the mission of God for this house is. So we can always be confident. We know that as long as we're at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. It's true. No, I I, I couldn't agree anymore. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him. For the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Hey, let me tell you something. We have domestic and international churches and ministries ahead of us. Look, our ultimate goal, we've we've gone over tonight, it's to bring salvation to the nation of Israel. It's to have our generation standing in that place at the return of Messiah. And we make it our goal to please Him right now. Right now. Now, we make it our goal to please Him. We fight for shalom in our marriages because our goal is to please Him right now. We administer righteous discipline to our children because our goal is to please Him right now. We force our way into discipleship without getting our feelings hurt because our goal is to please Him right now. We are passionate about being holy because he is passionate about his holiness and we do it right now. now.
0: We set aside any selfish ambition because we realize there's just one mission and you don't assign yourself to the part that you want to get. The Lord assigns it to you. How honorable is it for men and women in this room to realize that maybe you're not the one that's called to the fivefold, but you raising up your children to be that might be the greatest honor that any man or woman can have. Setting aside what you think that you want and dying to yourself every single day so that there's some actual impact that your life will have. Because you're in a house that has a mission. It's time to become men and women of courage tonight. Nick Rosales, I can see it on you right now. I'm telling you, I see something on you, that this is a night for you to stand and take courage in a way that you haven't done yet. Listen to me. You. You can never say that you are directionless. You can never say that you're directionless. You can never say that you're directionless. That you don't know your mission. You have a mission. We've done our best to try to share that with you tonight. You have a mission because the One Association has a mission. You have a mission because LCM has a mission. We have one wall. We have one work. We have one mission that we're on together. Quit falling prey to the ruse of the enemy that says that you don't have what everyone else in this place has. If God put you here, that's the only question that you need to answer. If God put you here, then you have a mission. And it is what our mission is. We just got to figure out where along the wall you need to stand and start building. It's not if you have a mission. You got to take courage to know you have a divine mission. This church scratches out of the dust of the earth those who are like rare metals, those who are like precious gems. That's what this house does. But rare metals and precious gems are often set aside and thrown aside by others who don't understand their value and the need to be polished by the apostles' doctrine and by the Spirit of God. Will you and your family take courage to go up with us, to fight hard for your marriage to be established rightly on the foundation of truth that this house teaches To fight hard in your parenting, to fight hard in your discipleship, to fight hard in your holiness. See, we are on a mission to develop you as a spring that feeds the nations. We're on a mission to do our part in raising up 12 domestic churches that will be springs to the churches in all 70 nations of the world. Will you and your family take courage to go up with us now? Stand to your feet right now.
1: Mighty God, the mission is great. But the willingness and the desire of your people is equally as great. Lord God, it is rising in us tonight, Lord God. We thank you that we are not pointless wanderers, Lord. Lord, we thank you that from the very beginning, Lord God, you have spoken a mission over us, Lord. Lord, tonight we grab fully hold of this mission, Lord. Full hearts, full intent, focused gaze, mighty God. Lord, we crucify our individuality in this mission mighty king and we say Lord God use us as a unit use us as a body tonight Lord God we will fight hand tooth and nail for the mission that you've placed on us Lord Father we die for the mission of this body and for our brothers Lord God and we trust that you will provide for our every need along the way in Jesus name